Welcome to Season 3 of The Lifestyle Chase, and I'm your host, Chris Little. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. To help this podcast grow, please share it on social media, rate five stars, tell your friends, and check out the past 140 episodes and counting. You can follow me on Instagram at Christian Little and at The Lifestyle Chase. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Cool, Calm, and Chaotic. And welcome back to The Lifestyle Chase. This is episode 155 of Cool, Calm, and Chaotic. And episode 142 of The Lifestyle Chase, we are double dipping me and the one and only Mr. Chris Little of my of my favorite country outside of the United States. Maybe my favorite country, I don't know. I just love Canada so much. Uh, Mr. Chris Little, you are here, we are here doing a double dip episode. Tell me something positive that has made your life happier within the last two weeks. Well, I'm just gonna nail it down to this podcast straight here. Like, I was procrastinating on who I'd have on the show and I was thinking I would just skip this week and we got to talking and I was like, I'll just piggyback off of this episode. I'll put this on the lifestyle chase and it'll lead people to listen to cool, calm and chaotic. And it'll be a very happy, happy experience. And honestly, whenever we get together and have a discussion, there's always so many good takeaways. So I'm just looking forward to our episode we're about to record. I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited myself. You know, we were just, we've been talking the last few days and it's funny because, uh, this, I feel like this gets brought up multiple times every time that we, we, uh, record a show together or we're just BS and like, it's, it's like, we're like stocked in them alone. Like we've never actually even met each other, but like we just start talking and like we, we were, we had some ideas on things that we wanted to talk about on some topics and we were like, any specific direction you want to go. And you brought up the point, like, no, we don't really need to because when we just start talking, it just kind of flows. It just kind of eases into it just naturally. Well, I mean, it's, it's true and it's really weird because I am honestly like I feel like I have like met you or grown up with you or seen you a few times in real life. But just the fact that like we have never met in person and that is the case with a lot of people that I've interviewed on the podcast but um, I think it speaks to the level of connection that a person can make through conversation if you ask the right questions, which is something you're good at. You are good at asking the right questions. Well, I'm just trying to be like you. You're the king of asking questions. <laughs> you, you, got, you got a mind for it. It's awesome. <clears throat> so, Chris Little, today, what is your dinner going to be and what is your workout going to consist of? Ooh, all right. So... Um, dinner is going to be mostly composed of chicken. Uh, I cooked a chicken in the slow cooker the other day and I ate half of it yesterday. I'll eat the other half today. I'm going to include some rice and lentils and some beets and probably some beans and peas and just kind of like mix it all together. It's going to be delicious. And then my workout uh, I've been chasing after trying to get sub nine minutes uh, on four miles on the assault bike. So last time I tried was yesterday and I could get nine minutes and 45 seconds or 44 seconds. So I got 44 seconds to go. 
Um, so that's going to be part of it. That's pretty solid. And a lot of unilateral stuff like uh, rear foot elevated split squats, um, some isometric holds, been doing some isometric push-ups, isometric split squat holds, all kinds of stuff. And that's all part of uh, the AMRAP program that I've been following for the last, I think since we last talked on a podcast, I've been doing that compound performance mentorship, which includes the uh, programming by Matt Domney. So it's AMRAP and the whole focus of it is to increase your volume. And like, there's crazy things like pulling a sled for like 10 minutes. And it's just, it's, uh, it really hammers home that you get at what you put in. So there's so many exercises that a person wouldn't necessarily pick first, or there's exercises that completely like knock you on your butt, like to be able to do, um, four miles on an air bike in a matter of less than 10 minutes is humbling in and of itself, but then it kind of draws you in. It teaches you your weak points. Um, it gets you more in line with your nutrition. There's so many things I couldn't do if, uh, if I was lazy with my nutrition or if I wasn't sleeping properly, I've even taken a, a closer look at like magnesium and potassium intake just through which vegetables that I'm eating, like, what carbohydrates I'm selecting and I've never really been that meticulous about it. But when you see its impact on like, um, how your heart works and your nervous system and you see how it can help with, uh, how you respond to stress and how your recovery goes, like it makes a huge difference. Yeah. You know, I love that too, because that is so, I think if you're chasing certain and you're going after certain, if you're lifestyle chasing certain, um, like fitness goals or like metrics like that it's it's funny how just kind of naturally you synergistically are going to be more interested in the things that you eat the way that you eat the way that you sleep the way you recover and like your your whole focus and like even if you didn't have those intense goals like just the combination of eating better and moving more like from a base level like if you are just starting out and you you have a lot of weight to lose or maybe you don't have a lot of weight to lose just you're trying to get back into it like if if you set a a a, a physical goal a performance goal like i want to run a mile without stopping or i want to do you know the, the four miles on the on the assault bike and whatever you you just naturally want to start eating better. Like you, if you want to lose weight and you start and you start exercising, you want to start eating better. Or and if you start eating better and you start losing a little weight and you just get introduced into into movement of any kind, you you are just naturally drawn to to digging deeper. Like okay, I, I've been just going on walks now. May, maybe could I jog? Can I get in a jog? And then what are what is all that weight? What are all those weights over there? How can I get into it? And then you start to combine it more. Okay, now that I'm getting into it, I'm starting to lift a little bit. Like what is this protein stuff all about? How can I get a little bit more protein? And it's just, it's cool how they kind of go together. Like it's just, it, it's very synergistic is the best way I can describe it. Yeah. And I mean, I'm going to go on uncharted territory and counter what you My just thing. said. Like usually we're like, yes, man with each other. But one thing that I've realized, like exercise can draw you in. Like we, we can be inclined to make all these good nutrition decisions based on like our new lifestyle choices and all these things, but we can still be hindered by easily accessible food. We can still have like those thoughts of like, 
okay, let, let's go for, for a beer. Let's um, eat a block of cheese. Like whatever it is that may have been a person's past demons. Um, so it's kind of like uh, even though our, we've reached our capacity, like work capacity, bandwidth, like the amount of energy that we have to give to things, um, there's like still 30% more application that we can put forth. And with that mm. being said, it's just like realizing about ourselves what we aren't aware of. So in a lot of cases, when a person's ambitious and they're goal oriented and they, they are, are setting these big, big goals to achieve in a lot of scenarios, sometimes being super goal oriented can hold you back. Like sometimes we're subconsciously making excuses. Um, sometimes we uh, quit early. Like so many scenarios where a person comes across an obstacle, like the amount of obstacles that people with business during this time, people perhaps in the fitness industry that would that they're encountering, where they don't have the perspective to look back at other times and understand, well, this is this is a trend. This is an obstacle that will be reoccurring. And I do, in fact, have the ability to apply 30% more. It might not happen at this time, but there is more to give. Like, I don't know if any of that made sense, but it's just like there's room to zoom out and see a grander picture and perhaps forecast an upward trend. When we think like it's like a lifetime PR is that your lifetime PR or are you just not seeing the bigger picture? Like there's so many talented people at age 40 that defy a lot of odds. Well, the odds that they're defying with perspective to like maybe their 30 year old self, like that could be their extra 30%. Like that was a long string of words, but hopefully it made sense. Just like helping people get just that much more reflective and helping people understand like, when you think you've reached your max or when you think the show is over, like it's probably not. And you better get out of your own way and you better find ways to see how to keep going. And yeah, it's going to suck. Like it sucks to think that you're at your very best of your game and then realize, no, you have more to give and there's more struggle bus to ride, but uh, you're going to get through it. Because last time that happened, you got through it just the same. Mm -hmm. No, I think that made a ton of sense. And I, and I absolutely love that. And I think that there are so many directions in which we could go with this. And it's it, it makes me think about something that I had actually thought about on a, a previous podcast. And it's like this idea, like we set these false expectations of what the end line will be. And it's almost... It's almost um, the limitation is even setting an end goal a lot of times. Like it's one thing to have goals, but then assuming that that is going to be it for you. Like, like whatever it is, like, like you said, when we hit a lifetime PR, I think the better thing to do would be take a step back and just say, well, actually what, what is my actual full potential down the road? Cause this can't be it. This was great. And maybe I should celebrate this, but like, I don't want to put all my eggs in this basket. Cause I have a lot, I have a lot bigger places to get to than this right here, even though this was really, really cool. And that's, that's tough. And, and, you know, I think this would be good to talk about this then. Like when we are starting out on anything, 
how do you, how do you, Chris Little, whether it be for you or somebody else, like what advice would you give on focusing on, I guess it would be like focusing on maintenance or, or infinite growth and not a specific goal from the onslaught of something. So like, cause, cause it's super, super easy to get caught in the honeymoon phase of, of all of these things that we think are going to last forever and last forever. And then when they either don't, or we hit that goal, we, we cut, we cut off all progress from there. Or we look at the next level as being too much when, if we did, you hear this all the time, fall in love with the journey. You have to fall in love with the process. You have to enjoy it and don't worry about the end game. Like that's way easier said than done. But I do find that that is the truth too. So like, how do you stay focused and happy and in, in, in full enjoyment of the process of improvement, I, I guess I should say. I don't, I don't really know how to word it. I think I have the answer that you seek. And I'm going to simplify it to something that is accessible for, for most people that are savvy to electronics. The thing is... Um, for most of my fitness career, I've used Google Calendar. Um, and with Google Calendar, you have some amount of structure. You can put in, like, let's say you have commitments in your day. You can put every last one of those commitments into your Google Calendar. If you have birthdays to remember, you can make that an all-day event, and you can make it reoccurring year over year. Um, if you're going to really dial it in and you have, like, day specific requirements, the grocery lists or what you're going to eat or um, your things that you're grateful for, you put that in too. And so it's kind of like when you're on the, the train of life, like tracks can be moved. Um, you can add to a train's journey through rerouting. You can turn that thing around, go back, reverse it, go forwards again. But the structure is that the tracks are in place. So the structure with progression through life is having having your calendar set. And it might sound cliche or it might sound too simple. But with that calendar, like you have these birthdays that are reoccurring. And so like when you have people that you love in your life who have birthdays, most often that correlates with uh, a gathering of sorts or a check-in or words of words of love something like that um that that's what fills people's buckets um having your wins of the previous year still archived in that calendar is going to give you reference point so you have like okay last year i went and i did five fun things how can we do six fun things this year and you wouldn't know about those things if you didn't have some way to structure it if you didn't have like those memories or those flashbacks, anything to reflect on. Um, so yeah, chart it, track it, put it in a calendar. You don't have to be super intense or like um, just kind of like super hyper-focused on it. But to have it is going to help you know. It's just like uh, when people go into the gym for their workout and they have their notebook and they fill out their reps and their sets and their load in their notebook or on, on their Excel sheet that's how they know that they're progressing. Whereas mm -hmm. if you don't have that, you don't know. And 
just like with the train, how it can go backwards and forwards. You can do that too, but it doesn't mean that just because you went back doesn't mean that you can't be further ahead than where you were before. Like a person, a business person can lose absolutely everything to their name, but if they have structure to their life, they can climb back up and they can get that much further ahead. Like we see that in like videos all over the internet, like how did Jeff Bezos get to where he is? How did all these guys that have this wealth or this life experience, whether it be that they have this big family and they're filled with joy or whether they be someone traveling in a van with a bunch of dogs, like whatever wealth is to them. Um, they got there probably by going in reverse for a bit, but knowing where they started and knowing mm -hmm. how much further that they had to go. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, that was, that was, that was a vat of, of knowledge bombs and, and wisdom right there, my friend, but you are absolutely right. And I think that, it is so important. Like I have always been, it's one of the, one of the things I've, I've done relatively well is I've always had the knack to write things down and to, and to journal things and to just to get things written down for uh, like logging purposes. And I'm still pretty like, is, if you were to look around here, I got notebook paper and, and stuff everywhere. Like I like tangibly physically writing things with a pen and paper, but, and, and I still do that all the time, but uh, getting in the habit of putting things in calendars, calendars, especially these digital calendars that will give you the automatic reminders. Like, it's silly to not utilize this technology in this day and age. And what's like the really good points that I love that you brought up are like, there's a when you do this, there's a system of for starters, it's it's a way to look back and track your metrics because we are super super good at looking at the gap of where we are not and forgetting the gap in which we've come from, which is really cool. And like, I, I can think of multiple times where like, a, like learning, learning to squat is a great example. Like if squatting is seemingly something easy and everybody should do, but like a lot of people have to build up the capacity and the movement patterns to be able to properly squat. And when you do like just sitting down and it's like, if you are very immobile and, and you haven't squatted in a long time, like just sitting in a bodyweight squat is tough. And like, you can do five bodyweight squats and it's like, you're dying. You're like, this is, this is so hard. And then maybe you're working up to like six months a year later you're doing goblet squats with it with a you know an 18 pound kettlebell or something and it's like you, you look at the gap well why is that person lifting all of that weight and you have an 18 pound kettlebell and you're like this is just as hard as when i started like i'm not getting any better i'm not getting any better and you easily forget like yes it's harder but you are moving more weight you are, you're incorporating more muscle fibers than you ever were like you are progressing tremendously and if you never logged that the five bodyweight squats were near impossible you would just go into mind jail and lose it but when you have that stuff tracked when you have that a note in your calendar and that pops up hey a year ago you couldn't even sit down on the toilet like it like it's really really cool to have and like even me so i was talking about how i like writing stuff down on paper and i do but like Oh, it's easy to lose this stuff. You're not going to, you have to actually get it out and open it up and review. Like there's a lot of steps there. If you have an automatic timer that goes off, like on this day, like I love these time hops, like on Facebook and stuff, you know, that automatically pop up like your memories. Like that's cool. Cause you forget about that stuff and you see all the good that you've done and like how far you've progressed. And then on top of that, like that next part is so true. Like you brought up like Jeff Bezos and stuff and a lot of these people, they have a, they have a system, a routine, a way of habits that got them to that successful stage that they're in. So if they were to lose everything, 
they have a pattern and a way of doing things. They have a process that they fall in love with where they will get back to being successful. If Jeff Bezos lost everything, would he would he go back to being to making 140 billion dollars? Maybe not, probably not, but he would find some path to be very successful and that is that is just the case. And I think that's the case for most people and um to just carry on with this tangent, I think it's really really important also in whatever you are doing when you face failures to not throw the baby out with the bathwater when you look back. So like a lot, I think that a lot of people, and I'm, I'm certainly guilty of this. I've certainly been guilty of this in the past. Like if you've tried a lot of like fad diets, for example, and they all inevitably fail, which, which they, they generally are going to, you still picked up really good uh, tricks and tips and habits and skills that you can apply moving forward. So you don't have to throw away all of that. Like if if going on a certain restrictive diet where you cut off an entire macronutrient didn't work in the long run, well, yeah, because maybe that was a little silly, but I bet you picked up some really good like um, skills on like like weighing or tracking food or like eyeballing things or just deciphering bet- between macros. And you can apply a lot of those things as you build what's going to work for you. So like... Um, you know, remembering logging and tracking those things is, is really, really important. Well, I think you brought up a good point there. Like it kind of circles back to, I can't remember if we talked about this before we started recording or after, but it stems back to like core values. Like you figure out what's important to you and stuff. Um, we're not going to have our core values unless we've kind of gone through things that really show us why these things are important. And those can be good things or bad things, but like, if somebody's values are that they value inclusivity, then it's most likely that they've experienced being excluded and they know that pain. And so they don't want to press that pain on somebody else or, or impose hurt on anybody else. It's like, you don't know unless you know, in a lot of cases, the, the times when perspective is needed most is the times when perspective is blatantly missing like when you got a bunch of kids in a schoolyard and two of them have always been picked on the team like they've always gotten to play and then one of them hasn't and the kids that get to play don't understand what it's like to be the kid that hasn't um just to have those kids that get to play sit on the sideline and see what it's like sometimes that's the the missing link and in real life situations a lot of like old soul tendencies or life experiences come from those um reverses of of the role the the life um people who have great wealth becoming philanthropists because they used to live on the streets or because they grew up quite poor um it's just you you establish your values not out of thin air not necessarily out of like what somebody else told you to value it's it's a lot based off of like what you've gone through in your life um what mattered more how much the the love of your family and friends mattered to you and that's what influences us to place such presidents on that it and like make such major decisions revolving around those things and so same with nutrition it's like if we have gone through something traumatic by cutting out carbs all together um is going to teach us why we start to 
seek out just more nutrient dense foods because we mm-hmm. realized how much value was in some of that nutrition, how it helped with our mental health, how it helped with our relationships because our moods were more stable. Like I could go on, but it's cool how it kind of like uh, aligned with each other. We were able to kind of connect the dots there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what is something, what is something in this year? So obviously this has been a, a different year than most years and both, both you know, in, well, I guess in, in relation to almost everything, life has been pretty much altered to say the least. I don't want to say flipped upside down. I think that uh, we can over-dramatize certain things, but like obviously life has been excessively altered this year. But whether it's whether it's um, pandemic related or not, what is something that you've learned? What is something you've learned this year? I was going to say you've learned about yourself, but it doesn't even have to be about yourself. What's one big thing that you've learned this year, whether about yourself or just about the world in general, history, anything? What's something that you've learned this year? I've learned that every little thing adds up. Every little interaction adds up. So it can be as simple as smizing at people, like smiling with your eyes, like that adds up. Like there's mm-hmm. been a few yeah. instances where I'll go through like a drive through for a coffee and when I get a good smize from a worker there or just like a greeting, that adds up. Um, in my conversations, like when I when we have conversations, we walk away feeling better. That adds mm-hmm. up. And it's so like, how can we collect more of that? So then it becomes less about like, I'm very, um, very much not geared towards wealth, but it doesn't mean I don't want to be successful. It's like, I'm not going to be that guy that just is okay with just getting by. I want to be a successful person and have the means that I need. But at the same time, my, um, my North star is in fulfillment and so that's fulfillment in my interpersonal relationships that's fulfillment in like how my time is spent how many dogs i get to pet um things like that like what i do for work who i work with like the the quality of of clients that i'm with the quality of conversations that i have and it's not meant in a snobby sense where i'm like no not you not you not you is more so meant in seeing what I have right in front of me right now and making the most of it. Like mm-hmm. uh, really understanding who is here already and like capitalizing on that, like whether it be us being able to get to know each other on a deep level, but only through technology or whether it be taking that moment when somebody pours your coffee and saying, thank you, stopping the car for a bit and being like, have a nice day, like saying it back, like actually making human beings around us also feel like human beings. And it's not always easy, especially when the tension is high. Like it's, it's hard to uh, always be on, but I think that's something I've learned. The value of that, how much it means to me, how much I'm geared towards it, how much it uh, can shape my financial goals, my wanting to be able to travel and spend time in person with people I'm able to connect with. Like I like to go on a road trip or a flight to go visit you. And so that costs money. And so that gears into 
my my business growth plans like that's where the money plays in it's not because i need to buy a ferrari it's because i need to get to you and pay my bills and spend some time there so we can like go tour the town and go visit alex yeah we'll head we'll go get some coney dogs and head down and visit alex in ann arbor Darn yeah right. and you know i love that because that's that's almost the exact same mindset that i have and like I'm very non uh, money focused, although I do enjoy money. I would like to make more money, and I, I, I'm not adverse or against making money. I'm, I'm quite the opposite, actually, and I think that people should make as much money as they want for whatever reason they want. It makes no difference to me, but I'm just personally not really drawn to it for that reason. But I, w- I do want to make money and have money for the sake of fulfilling my life with events, people, and uh doing good i think and and i don't say that in um like uh not cocky like a altruistic like look like i'm a saint type of way like i want to use that to, for experiences and to do good and like i if i if i were to like if i were to make if i were to get a million dollars i'm not going to buy a ferrari or a mansion it's going to go towards things that are going to make the world better and my life better by experiencing things. Like I'm, I'm going to come to, I'm going to come to Alberta. I'm going to, I'm going to take trips. I'm going to go out and do certain things. I'm not going to buy material items with them, but I, I think that it's really, really important to have all of your kind of all of your cards in line so that you're creating, whether you have a million dollars or $1 to your name, your life is being lived in a way that fulfills all all those categories to the best. And Absolutely. that's hard to do. I think yeah. it's very hard to do. My, my mic was kind of messing up there, but we're back. Excellent. I had a question to Ant. I had a question there. Now we're back. Now we're back. Nobody has more tech issues than me because I'm an idiot. Because I'm an idiot. Uh, all right. Chris Little. So um, I was going to go somewhere with that, and I'm sure it will come back to me, but. How do you, you know, let's do Let's do an overhyped, underhyped baby bears porridge type. So for, so for those of you that don't know, because as I'm jotting down, I like, I like jot down things that I think about them. And I don't know, I forget what the point of this was, but a, a very, a big highlight of something that you've said during this podcast was, uh, let's eat a block of cheese. I don't remember what that was in relation to, but like, that's my dream. I, all I want is somebody to walk in the door and say to me, Hey, let's go eat a block of cheese. Like that's never a bad idea in my mind. Dude, over- like, do you know what would happen if you ate a block of cheese, though? <laughs> like, I don't, but I want to find out. I don't. I like to poop. <laughs> What's your favorite cheese? Uh, all right. So I recently heard something that I don't know if it's true or not. It probably is. I like marble cheese, but I've been told, like, the only difference between, like, white cheese and yellow cheese is food dye. And so the marble cheese would just be mixed up food dye. But I like it, so. <laughs> That's not enough said then. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's your stance on dyes and artificial flavors and sweeteners and colors and things like that? What's over? All right, all right let's, let's start. So overhyped, underhyped, uh, baby bears, porridge hyped. For, for those of you listening on the Lifestyle Chase that may not be aware, is a little segment we do where we take a topic and we say, is this overhyped? Does this get too much love? Is this underhyped? Does this not get enough love? Or is this baby bears, porridge 
hyped. The perfect amount of love. And to, to preface this section, to go back to my last podcast, you have to call me out. If I say the words I think, you need to say, stop it. We know you think. So if, uh, as a quick primer here, I, I'm done saying I think something. Like that, that's my passive way of getting around me being declarative in something. If I'm saying it, obviously I think it. Like, I, like you know, you're listening to this. You're not an idiot. I'm saying it. Obviously I think it. So you call me out if I say I think. So is, art, are, are, are the, is the hype over artificial sweeteners going to kill you? Overhyped, underhyped, or baby bears porridge hyped? So it comes down to is someone on an agenda to have something that in such an excessive amount that it would kill them? Because like you can have an excess of just about anything. And most times when something is sustainable, it usually means that they're, they're able to have it over an extended period of time. So like the example being like, someone that has like Coke zero, it's sustainable because they might have it like once a week. Um, if they are having it like three times a day, well then an artificial sweetener would be bad for them, but it's less about the artificial sweetener and more about just having excess of one thing. It's, it's just the same as like, I, I endorse and appreciate potatoes but I know that I can't eat all of my meals as potatoes. I know mm-hmm. I can't eat all of my meals as cheese. And so aspartame, when we look at the research studies, like certainly it is related to risks of, of different complications, but so are so many other things that if you were to be scared of making change, having a different outcome based on a selection of, of drinks, um, you're, you're not going to make the progress that you seek out to make. So super long answer, but basically sometimes people will choose something with an artificial sweetener in moderation and that lifestyle change will be sustainable. It'll help them with their goals or perhaps it's just a flavor that they like. Um, and if it's something that they can do for 40 years, fine but if it's something that they can only do for one year and something bad happens it's not good <laughs> absolutely and i i will i will pick you back and i will second that i think i think i'm second i'm seconding is that a word yeah i'm seconding yeah that's a word yeah absolutely it's a word uh oh, so, sidebar here this is a good metric here on how to gauge people and their um, their need to ease up in life. So I use the word funner a lot. And if I say, if I'm just in a casual conversation, I'm, oh man, that's going to be way funner than that. And your immediate reaction is funner's not a word. Funner's not a word. That's when I know right off the bat, ah, you need, you need to take a trip. You need a vacation. I want to sit down with you and just kind of love on you a little bit and say, Hey, like life's not that serious. I know it's not a word. I just said it. Like if that's what, cut, if that got stressed out, that that is a uh, that is the initial sign. That is the tip of the iceberg of deeper problems underneath the water. Like we can say words that aren't actually words. It's okay. Like we're gonna be all right. Like we need to smile more. We need to smile more instead of worrying about the word funner. But aside from that, I'm, I think I'm going to seconding on your your answer there. And I believe that the 
demonization of artificial sweeteners is excessively overhyped. And this is coming from somebody who at one point in their lives kind of fell into that dogmatic trap and felt the same way and preached the same thing. Like artificial sweeteners are terrible. They're going to kill you. It's all chemicals, blah, blah, blah. And you said it perfectly. The issue is not like, I'm not going to sit here and advocate that you should, you know, drink a bunch of artificial sweeteners or dyes or colors or any of those things. But the reality is in order for that to be a detrimental issue, it speaks more to the dilemma of your overconsumption of something. It's this addictiveness, this addictive nature that, or this just overindulgence on something specific that we are dealing with. And it's not really the artificial sweetener. You know, water is great, but you can drown with too much water. So that that is the issue. And learning to manage your, you know, your moderation and your quantity of intake of anything is the real issue there. It has nothing to actually do with the artificial sweetener. Like I, I think you said that perfectly. So if you feel like oh, I just I heard artificial sweeteners are bad and I'm I'm drinking too much of them. I'm eating too much of them. I think I'm gonna have a problem. I think I'm gonna have a problem. I need to stop and switch to this. It's maybe it's just the time to address why am I having why am I having seven two liters of Coke Zero a day? It's not the aspartame. It's my problem with having seven Coke two liters a day. Like that that is the actual issue. Uh, so yeah, I think you you said that perfectly. I don't think you said that perfectly, Chris Little. I know you said that perfectly. There you go. There you go. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I was, that was fantastic. All right. Uh, overhyped, underhyped, or baby bears porridge hyped float tanks. I've actually like I have to uh, stand by my past life experiences. I used to go to float t- tanks quite regularly. Like um, when I was working for Yeg Fitness, I was getting to check out a lot of local float tanks and so i've tried like the pods i've tried the rooms that kind of feel like you're in a space station um so i have to say like they're a thing they're a thing worth going to um where i'm gonna pivot a little bit is i totally understand a person's like income or their priorities in life aren't always going to align with having the ability to go try float tanks. And so I think the concept that a float tank provides is something that we all need in our life. And truly what that is, is unplugging. Um, It's getting into your parasympathetic nervous system. So like your ability to recover, your ability to relax your muscles, your ability to digest properly, sleep, um, so much that is in our world with social media, with everything that grabs our attention, with everything that stresses us out, that we want to reshare, repost, can really mess us up. And if a float tank can help us out of that, it's extremely valuable. But with that being said, if the general concept of disconnecting of finding complete like darkness silence whatever you need um of relaxing just letting your muscles just relax and getting rid of that tension if you can find another way to do that do that but if if we stay in this fight or flight throughout every day of our lives 
is not going to have a good ending. It's just like having the two liter of Coke Zero every day. I mean, nobody's going to be able to hang out in a float tank for the rest of their life and like solve world problems. But if somebody were to choose to do something to the degree of being in a float tank, maybe one day a week, make that commitment, put that in your calendar, chances are that's going to improve your life. And maybe you don't have the means to pay for that experience. So schedule a walk in the trees, schedule time on a beach where you just sleep. You don't worry about looking for things or doing things. You just rest. Yeah. Per usual, you put things eloquently and perfectly. I, I agree with you. And which is why I will rate float tanks as baby bears porridge height. And it's because of a combination of, of both ends of that spectrum. I thought about it because two, two of my two of my most favoritest peoples on earth, Michelle and Dorothy, shout out to Michelle and Dorothy, are going today to their first uh, float tank experience. But I've you know I've I've been a few times and I, I can't say I have extreme expertise in float tanks, but I have been a few times and I I do love them and I find them as someone who can certainly like run at 100 miles an hour from from sun up to sun down. They are a a way of forced relaxation that is really unlike anything else, and and I find them to be to be very very beneficial. Like unless you've experienced it, then you it's it's hard to really it's hard to really ex- describe it or really you know Im- feel what it. It's something that you just have to experience. Like, but the concept and what it does, like you just said, is is just that like there are different things that you can do to find a way to center yourself to bring yourself time to get you from being all jacked up all the time to to this calm kind of zen state and i think that that is very very important and why i think that it is baby bears porridge is you it's one of those things like cryo chambers and stuff where certain people really overhype them like it's the end all be all and it's going to cure all of these issues and i think that it it certainly tends toward that way but it is so expensive and like for a lot of people who don't have the money like to just be shelling out 50 60 dollars a week to do that like i understand that's too much but i think going a few times maybe maybe can start the process of realizing the importance of that extreme zen calm down to zen time to just kind of relax unwind recharge and kind of recalibrate everything i think i think that's really important and if you find that in maybe once a month you can go to a float tank or maybe once every other month but then supplement that with going on walks in the woods or like just relaxing on the couch like with nothing else and like incense around or some other hippie stuff like that like i think that's awesome i think that's great and i think it is extremely important so the float tank itself is baby bear's porridge hyped it's perfect it's perfectly amount of height and if you've never been to a float tank i highly highly suggest that you do and so here's just like everything else like float tanks you're gonna find your good ones you're gonna find your bad ones so if you go to one and it's awful go to another one and if it's awful after three different ones that's okay um science will back up the fact that we need to all take a chill pill from time to time like there's no disputing the fact that uh Things like social media can really stress people out. Uh, lack of communication, like really clear communication, where we are like transparent and talking about our values and like being vulnerable about past experiences. Like that level of communication is going to reduce stress. 
um, guarded communication where us as dudes are just trying to play that strong card and trying to never make mistakes or say things that we don't know everything about. Like um, speaking about things that we are not the experts of is a tough thing to do, but you're not going to get smarter if you don't try. Like to shy away from things that you always think somebody else could speak more clearly on is not going to make you smart one day to be able to put in the reps and make attempts and be willing to fail and be okay with how it looks like that's how smart people get smart that's how strong people get strong yeah dude that absolutely and that that is that's i think should speak to everybody but it most certainly speaks to me and kind of a it's i feel like it's been a driving force or a theme i guess i should say not driving force it's been a a prominent theme in my life recently and it's like you know, we, I think we were talking right before. I don't know if this was on the podcast either when we started recording or not. But before this, we were talking about this kind of uh, shying away from conflict. Like, I don't know what kind of psycho loves, like, enjoys conflict and likes that confrontation. I believe that there's probably some, but there's certainly not me. And, like, I'm not a very divisive, confrontational person, nor am I very conflicting in a lot of my ideas. But, like, still don't, like, don't really enjoy it. And I'm just kind of – I'm pretty docile for the most part. But – there is that, there's always that wonder of like, you know, saying this, knowing that there's people who are probably, it's like imposter syndrome to some degree, right? Like saying something, uh, or I'm sorry, not saying something because there's other people who probably know more about it is just a, a damning trap that keeps you stagnant from ever getting better. And I think like, like even doing things like, like just prefacing, like, you know, I, I'm not a complete expert in this, but I have some experience and this is what I found and this is what I've researched. And like, that's what, that's what I've realized recently is like, uh, there's a difference between being humble and not being like arrogant young kid who just thinks he's a know-it-all and is going to speak like he's a, like he's a master on everything right from the get go. And understanding that you have knowledge, you have experience, you have words to say, you have a message, you have, you have help that you can offer people that is very, very, uh, beneficial and it, it's it's needed and like when I think about myself like I'm I'm certainly not an expert in almost any area but like I'm 35 you know I've been I've been a teacher for a decade I've lived I've lived quite a fruitful life I've been extremely overweight I've lost a lot I've lost a lot of weight I've been able to maintain that I've gone through having cancer I've I've been through a myriad of different things that allow me to speak confidently in the things that I feel strongly about. And I have to be more willing to do that in a non-arrogant, non-confrontational, non, this is the way it is. I'm an expert way, but just like, this is my advice. And I'm, I stand firm in the fact that I think and know it will help you. Like if you, if you come to me and need help losing weight, I'm not going to give you advice on this wonder. Like we're, we're both rolling the dice. Like I'm confident I can help you do that. I'm, I'm confident I can help you find your way of eating, your way of working out, your way of making it sustainable, your way of enjoying life and adding value, fulfillment, and happiness into the way that you do things. Not because I'm an expert, but I'm, I, I mean, I study, I read all the time, I research, I put, I've tried and tested these things, and I'm confident in that. Not because I'm special, but because I'm, I'm just drawing from the experience that I have. And I think that everybody has that everybody has experience and um everybody has the ability to transform their own lives and other people's lives if they hone into that that confidence and that 
just knowing that they're that they have something to offer people. Like I, I guess it's just a confidence thing. It's a self confidence thing. Well, but I I've had a lot of conversations regarding this with people young and old, whether it be like conversations with my parents or friends or anybody, and sometimes the only missing link is to really understand like um we each at any point in our life have something that we are truly great at like so like a 12 year old girl is going to have something she's really talented at um it could be in making tiktok videos it could be in asking the right questions like you know how parents don't ask the right questions to other adults but kids don't know what the wrong question is so they just ask the question they just get straight to the point um Mm -hmm. they get straight to like they they don't beat around the bush when it comes to finding the answers that we need to talk about um and so they are very good at that and then when it comes to a person that's in a phase of their life where perhaps they're wondering why they're not good at things is is not that they're not good at things it's that they are forgetting or they've lost touch with the things that they are good at and just like a successful workout like you can't you can't start off a workout have somebody do something that every like they've not done you know they haven't done and that's how you're going to kick off their day you kind of have to start them off with something that they are really good at or that their form is just spot on and they're just going to get another rep, one more rep than last time. Because that's what they're going to frame things off of. They're human just like anybody else. And so just like us being humans, being self-aware of how it works, sometimes we have to take that extra time, just like the float tank, take that extra time, stop for a second. And like in your case, I don't know of any other trainers in my circle with 10 years of teacher experience like do you understand how valuable it is to work with that capacity of human beings and to be able to like connect with people in that time in their life and how that transfers to training and that is a skill that so few people in the industry have like a lot of trainers have overcome the weight loss obstacle and you have overcome that um fewer trainers have overcome cancer but you've overcome that like you gotta like stop reflect on it find your power do the whole Yu-Gi-Oh like power up boost thing I never watched the show but I've seen enough memes that I know he powers up the flames go up behind him and he's like ready to go you gotta find your way to do that because as much as I wish I could I can't you gotta and the same thing goes for me and I think that's that's the greatest gift that we can give people like we we as trainers and coaches um we certainly help people to get stronger but they're the ones that move the weight they're the ones that show up they're the ones that take action truly what we do is we show them that first thing that reminds them that they're strong and we lead them down that path that helps them to continue to find their inner strength and ask the right questions they they find the strength that um the small child might have where they they don't skip beat around the bush they're just like how do i lift heavier like how do i lift heavier and then you're like your nutrition needs work and then they're like okay 
how do I increase volume in my training? It's like, you're not sleeping enough. <laughs> and it's just like, that's, that's what it is. Understanding our strength and going out from there. Uh, yeah, I, I went down so many rabbit holes. You got to rein us back in, get us back on track here. I mean, I, I love where we're going. I love being, I love being out on this pontoon boat, just kind of floating in a lake. I think this is great. I think we, we, we caught a current. I think that that whole little tangent was, was absolutely fantastic because I think that's empowering. Like I'm, I think that, I don't think that I know that, that, that this is a message that needs to get out there. This, this, you know, I, we don't need it. We don't need the I go girl or you, I go girl. We don't need the you go girl, all the motivational, you can do this type rhetoric. I, I get, I get frustrated with that at times, but motivation is one of those things that I feel like gets poo pooed on a lot because it's like, you know, you just, you just need discipline, you need habits, you need routine. Motivation doesn't do anything. And I, I understand the premise behind that, but motivation and the, the just the, the, you know, the kind of getting knocked over the head, like, wait a second, you can do this. You have a message. You have the ability within you to do whatever it is that you need to do, whether that be being confident enough to go ask the questions to get you there or harnessing in and, and honing in on your own abilities. Like, I think that it's really beneficial for all of us to understand that and to really start uh, embodying that and just embedding that in our heads over and over again even if it is just a motivational like a fake it till you make it type thing you know you fake it till you make it until you realize that you have it and i think that that is very very important for everybody to hear and you know i think that for the both of us we talk a lot about you see how many times i'm saying i think it just becomes so natural i'm just like letting it happen because that is you it's not a quirk it's not a flaw it's just you i appreciate that obviously a lot, most of the things we talk about are going to be related to health and fitness, but you know, it's one of these things where I think it's why we even got drawn to each other. Like you have this, the lifestyle chase and it's your whole podcast, your whole message, your whole demeanor is about more than just, you know, trap bar deadlifts and eating lentils and rice and, and chicken and improving our, our health and fitness. It's, it's a whole lifestyle thing. It's, and that's the same way I feel like it's great if we can lose weight and we can exercise and move better. I think it's paramount. I think everybody should do that. We do not have to be carrying out a bunch of extra body weight. We don't, we don't have to be physique model type fitness. We don't have to be chasing thousand pound deadlifts. We don't need to be running, you know, sub four minute miles and all of that. That's all great if you want to do that. But we should be living healthier within our own bodies and in our own minds to eat better and move better. I think that's extremely, extremely important, but there's so much more to a healthy, happy life than just eating and exercising. Like, how are we, how are we sleeping? How are we, how are we uh, relating to our friends and family? How are we making connections? How are we fulfilling our lives with music and movies and travel and, and experiencing cultures like all of that stuff is is really really important and in all of you might not have nailed down how to eat more cabbage and chicken in, in an everyday scenario maybe you're not great at that but you can be but regardless of that you are everybody listening to this is really really awesome at something they're really really good at something and i think it's really important for everyone to start to be vulnerable enough to admit that, to find that, and then give that to the world, whatever it, whatever it might be. And maybe it's you, you find a way to, maybe you, maybe not, maybe now it's the time to find what that is. Maybe you really are lost and you're just trying to 
seek things that bring you fulfillment and happiness. And I think that's really cool. You know, I think about that now, like my wife is getting into, into baking and like she never really baked or cooked before, but she's so now like every weekend she's baking new things. And it's like really, really cool because like, she's, she's just happy when she's doing it and she's smiling. And then she always gets upset and pouty because she thinks they don't turn out good. And it should have been like this, but she's getting, they're always great and everybody loves them. And like, she's i think she's really realizing now that like she's really good at it and it's this passion this joy this joy that maybe she never did and it's something that she's good at she's only improving and it's like making everyone else happier she's like giving away all of these treats and like it's bringing enjoyment to other people and like maybe you could do that maybe you're good at baking maybe you're good at cooking maybe you can knit things maybe you're good at public speaking um and then also this is kind of a sidebar too like it's really important to realize that like if you are really good at baking but you feel like you suck at working out you're terrible at it like a lot of those habits and skills and passions that you have for baking can actually be applied to nutrition and eating better and like how can we kind of draw some of our strengths into our weaknesses to help bring them up well it correlates with like the the concept of philanthropy like a lot of people that do something for others they either understand what it was like to be helped up or they really are leaning into that feeling of like what it feels to to help other people rise up. And so then when we spin that over to baking, um, let's say you're just really good at baking and that gives you the gift to be able to manipulate your recipes and where someone else could be struggling to get enough protein, you have this superpower to get more protein into their nutrition without them having to think about it too much. Um, when you're able to impact that level of change for someone who thinks that there is no answer, like there's no solution, they've tried everything, and then all of a sudden you came up with like a cake that gave them like 50 grams of protein and solved a lot of their, their biggest frustrations, um, that means something to them. And then that could be the pivotal moment when you've made a meaningful connection and that person who just wanted to get a bit stronger in the gym and wanted to perhaps just change up their nutrition a bit, that person who had a strength in lifting might be able to return that favor and and connect the dots in return in a way that that baker has never experienced. Like sometimes so many uh, clients that I've worked with have gone through a few trainers and something didn't click and perhaps it clicked with me. Perhaps it'll click with a person after me down the road. But like, there's always that value of like, you don't know what you don't know with the people that you meet when you're smizing at somebody in the driveway or drive through, you don't know what makes them who they are. You don't know their values. You don't know what makes them special, their strengths. You don't know, how much they have to offer you. And so in being a good baker, despite what might be still a setback in your life with like your, your strength goals, like it doesn't mean that that door is closed. That strength that you're going to unearth on the world might be the catalyst that, that gives you opportunity. Like for me, since I've been a little kid, I've always talked and I haven't always had other talents, but being able to talk, has given me a lot of people that have helped me. It's it's connected me with the helpers of the world that have shaped me into the person that I am today with the values that I have now. Gosh, that, that was fantastic. 
That was absolutely fantastic. And it's and it's funny because none of like if you just look back at your last 142 episodes and all the guests that you've had and, and, and even if you take the lifestyle chase side of it and you look back at all of the people that you've met in your life and how much they've impacted you shelling up and and uh, and sheltering in yourself and not allowing you to capitalize on that speaking ability that you have would have robbed you of all of that experience, all of that wisdom, all of that knowledge that you've gained from all of the people. And that's to just think about all that you have gained. Like, I mean, I look back at all the people in my life through, through training, through school, through just relationships, uh, like friends and family that, that I've had throughout my whole life. Like think about all of the, the experience that you've gained from them and then think about how much more, how many more relationships and wisdom and knowledge and, and all of that that you will gain by putting your talents and and allowing that to attract what it will attract to you moving forward? Like it's it's infinite. Well, and the other part is we speak about things that we we like to remember. We think about things that uh, have been wonderful, but in the in the same sense, the things that knock us on our butt are equally as valuable. And some of them, uh, some of them are really, really bad. Some of them are really, really heavy struggles and people carry burdens and, and such stuff like that. But it's just the motivational speakers are motivational for a reason because of what they had to get through. The people with uh, the almost like sense of like when to check on a friend, the reason that they know to check is because of where they've been. And so like I've I've had people that haven't been very nice in my life and they've made me into the person that I am today. And so if I took the time machine back and I was like no, I will only choose I'm just going to choose to talk to all the people that say yes. I'm going to choose to talk to all the people that were kind. I'm just going to ignore like any bully or any person that had something going on in their life and they took it out on me kind of thing. Like if I ignored all that, I would also be robbing myself. So as much as we like to be around all these awesome connections and these conversations and these mentors and people that shape our lives into what it is, as much as we want that, we also have to in some way want struggle and we need to be able to accept the pain that life brings and just do our best to make it through it and really water those plants of, of the people that uh, help us to be strong. Like look out for your friends, just like you and I, we, we check in on each other casually. You messaged me just recently. And like, that's, that's what we need in this world because we're all going to go through, through struggle and we're all going to have our setbacks and our obstacles and Nobody goes through this journey by themselves, no matter what the dynamics are, no matter what the geography is or what's going on in their life or if they're anywhere, no matter what, we always have to have that connection and that uh, compassion and that ability to weather those storms. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, obviously the more you stay disconnected, the more that on that unreal feeling that you're in this alone or that other people haven't experienced or gone through the issues that you are going through, it manifests and gets, you know, bigger and bigger and deeper and deeper. When, when, when you have, when you, when you can rely on and lean on other people and reach out to them, you, you're, you're kind of set free of a lot of that emotional burden and those, those falsehoods. 
So we have to segue on this a little bit because I've come to get to know my audience over time. Like I'm, for anybody listening, I'm pretty in the dark. Like if you're listening to this podcast, please send me a message because I have no clue who is listening. Like absolutely no clue. Um, but I, I have an inkling. I have an inkling that sometimes when people gravitate towards the show, they might not see that it's all that straightforward to um, find people to connect with. They might not feel that they have people in their corner. And so I'm going to turn the table on you, Mark. Um, where where in your life, at what points have you found those people? And like, what were those moments like for you? What advice do you have to impart on on my listeners and perhaps your listeners as well in scenarios such as that? Uh, I think I might need you to reframe the question. Are you talking about from my podcasts particularly or? No, like I'll just at any point in your life, have you ever felt that you didn't have as many people to connect with as you have had at other times? And this could be before your podcast. This could just be you had a bad week. Have you ever felt that there was like a, a missing component of people to connect with or just not enough people to connect with or in comparison to how many people you have to connect with today, um, what it was like when you had less, anything like that? Uh, yeah, for sure. I would say that like before, I would say the time that I felt that the most was in the midst of like getting into, I felt like I got disconnected. So like, in the midst of getting into training and getting like, you know, personal trainer certified and really getting into health and fitness, I certainly hit this uh, workaholic mode, this workaholic zone. And it was just nonstop and everything was devoted to work, work, work. And it was a super damaging time in my life. Like I, I certainly burnt myself out and hit rock bottom. And in that process, it was this this certain disconnect from having those deeper relationships. Like I've, and, and it's something that I brought on myself. Like I've always had close friends. I've always had people that I could connect with, but I guess I felt disconnected from them and like they weren't there necessarily. And it was because I wasn't allowing them in. Like, I, like this is very vivid. Like it was because I was not taking the time to open up and reach out enough to allow those, those relationships to kind of grow and those conversations, those things to kind of manifest. And, this it's very correlated it's different but it's very relatable to that type of mindset where we kind of stay sheltered in and then we start to allow our it, it's very relatable to kind of gosh and i forgot I, I don't know where i left off because it was like i had this long blank i know line. it was like when we start to allow our and then you cut out and i was like, i'm just gonna remember that phrase remember it remember it um but we were on the topic, you had put up the walls kind of thing when you were starting up in the fitness industry, when you were finding your certification and you weren't reaching out and making those connections um, and you're realizing that in yourself. So that's kind of like the, the tone that you had, if you can kind yeah. of keep going. I was, uh, I, got, I got into workaholic mode and I was unconsciously, shutting myself up off from deeper connection so like this kind of feeling that there's not anybody around or maybe i'm not understood or maybe you know i, I don't know who's out there i don't have those connections was really just like a, it's almost like an unconscious defense mechanism that was preventing that from happening because like if i think about that today 
all of the relationships, all of the connections that I would ever desire are at my fingertips if I simply take the pressure off of finding them and opening up more and putting myself in more vulnerable situations to make those connections. Like if you think about it, you are in a if you just went out into the world, like it's tough right now, obviously with this pandemic, but if you just went out into the world, whether that be virtually or in person, the vast majority of well, I'll, I'll hit record again and hopefully it works and we'll just go, we've been having some technical issues and I'm just gonna ask you what's one takeaway message of this episode and a part two is coming next week or something and we can sit down and, and continue our chat. Yeah, sounds good. You in? All right. Yeah, and if, yeah. if if it freezes again, then damn it, freezes again. We're just yeah. we're doing totally. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we just had like fifteen technical errors, technical issues, technical fouls. We're going to call them, and we pretty much got ejected. So we are going to hopefully this works. We're gonna. We I just went on the diatribe like ten times about a different topic that we're going to save now for another episode for next week. But for right now. To end this episode, Mr. Chris Little, what is one takeaway message from this episode that everyone can, that everyone should, should harbor in their hearts for the rest of their lives? So I think near the beginning of the episode, I was talking about how like you can feel like you're at your best. You can feel like you just made your lifetime PR. Um, identify that. Figure out that area where you're just like awesome, but then figure out like what you are capable of doing in that direction that's that much more and it's going to call upon some of your other areas in order to do so like if i wanted to be stronger i'm going to have to be a lot better at other exercises as well as the one exercise that i'm good at i'm going to have to be better at my nutrition i'm going to have to be better at my sleep i'm going to be have to be better at taking care of like my my social life and so for for you, the listener, um, diving deep into that, um, finding your strength just in general from like a psychological standpoint to an analytical, like statistical standpoint, like not only your talents, but like the things that make you you find that, find out you can be better and explore it. I think that's fantastic. I think that's fantastic. And I'm, uh, I just learned the term smizing today. So that makes me super happy. That's something I've learned this year. And if I'm going to give a takeaway message from this episode, which I'm just going to intrude and, and give my own takeaway message, it is, yeah, eat better, lift, lift more. I think all of that's great. But every single day, make it a point to, if you got your mask off, smile at people, smile at strangers, because I think that that goodness goes the the level of infinite good that just a smile to a stranger could ripple effect into is ridiculous. And I think it's needed. And if you have a mask on, smize at everybody. I think everybody's starting to get used to seeing a smile underneath those masks. Sometimes it's hard, but you can see the eyes start to kind of squint up a little bit and kind of get low. Like, you know, when you know, when there's a big old smile underneath that mask. So smize, smile with your eyes at people, smile with your mouths at people and just let goodness flow. That was perfect. The perfect ending to a perfect podcast and hold on there. How do people find out more about you? Because if they're listening to my podcast, we got to make the full connection across the bridge. 
if you send a smoke signal up into the air, I will I will recognize it, I will read it, and I will contact you back. No, um, you know, in in my in my class syllabus for sixth grade, I put like just goofing around like ways to contact me, and one of them I said put smoke signals with like an instructional article on how to make smoke signals. But then I had to specify like don't actually try this, don't actually. If you are 11, don't actually try to make a smoke signal. If you want to, though, you can at zeritfitness.com, but just at Zerit Fitness on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Mark Zerit. That's probably the best way. If you, go, if you go there, you can sign up for the Monday menu. I'll just send you a, a weekly email with just a bunch of randomness, but I'm pretty easy to find. Darn right. And you'll be linked into the episode description for the Lifestyle Chase episode. Now, ladies and gentlemen, life is good. Smile. Tell somebody that you love them today.